Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I certainly do count it an honor and a blessing to be here with all of you on this episode number 79 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we are going to talk about management today. Yes, so go ahead and take this time to get your notebooks, your Bible, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blank Courages You is coming to you with How Are You Managing? A lesson on stewardship. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family. So about maybe four or five years ago, I think it is now, the Lord blessed me to do a teaching on stewardship at our local church. The wonderful thing about God and His Word is no matter when we read or review something that we already know, it's always timely and relevant. It always fits. So for this podcast, I thought that I would do a condensed version of what it was that was taught so many years ago. So what I'd like to do is start with a little background. What exactly is a steward? So a steward is defined as a man who is, quote, over a house or manages a house. And one of the first places that we see the word steward mentioned in the Bible is in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, chapter 43. And this actually chronicles part of the life of the story of Joseph. Now, in order to get the full picture of what this story is all about, you really, really want to go back to right around chapter number 38 and read the story of Joseph in its entirety. For the sake of time and for narrowing down what a steward is, we're going to hop over to chapter number 43. So just for background purposes, there was a famine in the land. All right, so Joseph um, was second in command and really in charge of the food and making sure that it was distributed properly. So he was actually a steward over the food and Joseph's family was in desperate need of that food. So they go to Egypt to try to get some food. And when they got there, when they got to Joseph's house, they ran into the steward of Joseph's house. So verse number 19 of chapter 43 says, And when they came near, they met the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with that steward at the door of the house. So in other words, in order to get to Joseph, they had to talk to the steward first because the steward was over the house. He managed the house. He managed the household affairs. That's what a steward does. A steward also had to be trustworthy and follow out directions in their entirety. And we see in another example of that in Genesis chapter 44, starting at verse 1 and going to verse 4. And he, meaning Joseph, commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food 
as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. So Joseph was making sure that his brothers, I had adequate food. Joseph also asked the steward to put my cup, Joseph's cup, the silver cup in the sack's mouth of the youngest brother and his corn money. And the steward did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. This is verse number two of Genesis chapter 44. In verse number three, it says, as soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away. They went on their donkeys. So these men were on their way home. And verse number four says, and when they, the brothers had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, get up and follow after the men. And when you overtake them, when you reach them, ask this question, why have you rewarded evil for good? Now there's a reason that uh, all of this was going on. And once again, you'll need to read the entire story of Joseph to get that context. What we're saying here is, is that a steward, just as a roundup, was trustworthy. They did what they were asked to do and they managed what they were supposed to do well. To coattail on the definition that we just gave and to give it even more dimension, we can go over to the New Testament where a steward is defined as a person who has been entrusted to care for or to honor something. This could apply to the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. And you'll find that in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Now, for the sake of time, we're just going to zoom in on one particular scripture and that's going to be verse number eight. Let me quickly tell you what's happening here. So the Lord is talking about the kingdom of heaven being likened unto a landowner who went out early in the morning to find laborers to work in his vineyard. And he agreed with these laborers to pay them a certain amount of money. So verse number eight of Matthew chapter 20 says, when the evening was come, when the workday was over, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, give them their money, beginning from the last person that was hired to the first person that was hired. Finally, in the way of definitions, a steward is also a manager. We sort of alluded to this as we were talking about the story of Joseph, where we can see the management piece really coming to fruition, BCU family, is once again in the book of Matthew. And this particular parable is of the talents and the unjust steward. And you'll find that account in Matthew chapter 25, 25 verses 14 through 31. So once again, you'll definitely want to read this in its entirety. We're going to give you the Cliff Notes version just to give you an idea of what a steward does or probably in this case should not do. So in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story about the kingdom of heaven being likened to a man traveling to a far country. He called his servants and he actually gave talents or things for them to take care of 
while he was away. So he gave one person five talents, he gave another two talents, and to another one talent. And this was according to their several abilities. So there's your background. Now when we get to verse number 19 in Matthew chapter 25, the Lord of those servants, they come back and he wants to know, you know, what did you do with what it is that I gave you? So the one that had the five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you know what? You gave me five and besides that I have gained five more. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22 says that now it's time for the one with the two talents. And the one with the two talents came unto the Lord and said, Listen, you gave me two talents, and I gained two more beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now we get down to verse number 24 in Matthew chapter 25, where it's now time for the person that had, or the steward that had the one talent, and he had to reconcile. And he said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the earth. And here it is right here for you. Verse number 26 says that the Lord answered and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and that I gather where I did not scatter. What you should have done, verse 27 says, is put my money in the bank and at least I would have gotten some interest on it. So in verse number 28, the Lord takes away that one talent and gives it to the one that had 10. And then in verse number 30, that unprofitable steward was cast into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. So because that steward was not faithful in managing what was given to him, he was cast out. And we have one other example of a steward that I'd like to share with the BCU family. And that's in Luke chapter 16. And you can start reading the account at verse 1 and make your way down to verse number 13. Again, for the sake of time, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. And Jesus said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this steward was wasting the rich man's goods. So the rich man called the steward and said unto him, what, what is this that I hear about you? You need to give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be a steward. So now we've gotten a very clear definition of what a steward is, what they do, 
and quite frankly, what they should not be doing. So you might be wondering, okay, this is great. What does this have to do with me? Truth be told, BCU family, everything that we have, and I mean everything, is on loan to us from God. We are stewards or managers over what God has entrusted us to take care of. And the question is, and I am the first in line to make sure that I am answering this question myself is, how are we doing over areas that God has entrusted to us? What are some areas that we can ensure that we are exercising good stewardship in? So I have four areas, and they're not in any particular order, that we want to be mindful that we are shepherding or stewarding over in a way that brings God the most glory. The first area is money. So besides tithes and offering, which is what we are required to give or what the Lord asks us to give, we should also be mindful to give to the poor. Now, there is a scripture in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 17, and it says this, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will pay back what that person has given. Now, BCU family, if you know my God the way that I know him, when God pays you back something, it's going to be fantastic. Now, we certainly do not give to get. That should not be our motive. Our motive should be just to be able to be a blessing to someone. And yes, there's a lot of poverty and different organizations and different things going on in the world. And why, while one person can't give to everybody, you can be a blessing to somebody. And you do not have to sacrifice your entire paycheck to be a blessing to someone. Pray and ask God for opportunities to open your eyes up to where you can actually give someone something. Maybe it is that person that you pass on the street during lunchtime. Perhaps you can give them a little something. Maybe rather than give them the money, you want to buy them something to eat. Maybe you can be a blessing to someone that's elderly in the way of paying a bill for them or buying some groceries one week or doing that for a family that might be struggling. Whatever it is that God gives you to do, do it with the motive of just helping someone and watch the way that God blesses you. Next up, BCU family, is time. And I will be the first one to say that this is one that I seem like I have to constantly bring before the Lord. Uh, we have a, a saying that, you know, there's just not enough time to do uh, all the things that we need to get taken care of. And many times it's more of a case that we make time for what we want to make time for. So what we want to do here is to ask God to help us to better manage the time that he gives us and with his help to commit to prioritizing our tasks and getting done what he wants us to do so that he is glorified, honored, and praised. 
we should, we should also be sure to allocate proper time for things like chores, we can take care of our household things, time with our families and loved ones, and of course, first and foremost, prayer and quality prime time with God. We really should be thirsty for Him. Psalm 63 and 1 says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Next up is body and your physical health. Now listen, I know that we are not here to stay and many people say, well, you've got to die of something. I know all of that. And while that may be true in theory, why purposely and intentionally self-inflict illness? Isn't it a blessing to witness, praise, and worship God in a working temple? Now, I'm not speaking of illnesses that just happen to come up or there are certain things that happen in our lives. That's a different story. I'm talking about not taking care of your body to the point where you bring illness on yourself. So what we want to do is avoid that as much as possible. And we can honor the temple that we have or the home that God gave us by giving that temple whole foods, vitamins, plenty of rest, water, and treats in moderation. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and verse number 20 back this up by saying this, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belongs to God. And finally, BCU family, there are gifts and talents. God gives these to everyone. The question is, what are we doing with them? Are we burying the talents and gifts that God has given us? Or... Are we using them well? Think back to that parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. The servants that had the five and two talents given to them, they had to get up and take some risks in order to earn those other talents. Now the Bible does not get into how they got those talents or how long it took them. I'm wondering if they immediately got those new talents or if maybe they messed up a few times and had to try a few things in order to get those talents. Most things that we do will take some trial and error to perfect. And trust me, no, trust God. He will honor your faithfulness in getting up and doing something. Remember, there is a cost of not using what God gave you. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him that does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And the unprofitable steward, once again, was cast into outer darkness where there is weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. And once again, that's Matthew chapter 25, verses 29 and 30. Now, if fear, doubt, or concern of failure comes up in your mind, or maybe you're concerned about what others are going to say about you, take it to the Lord and trust that he has properly equipped you. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says that the fear of man brings a snare, but whosoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Trust in the Lord and what he has called you to do, and he will bless you to do it. So bottom line, BCU family, is that everything, everything, including time and money, are on loan to us by God. He trusts us to take good care of his things. So with his help, we should always, we should always want to do and actually do our best with what he gives us. Amen? Amen. Ooh, BCU family, the Lord was speaking to me. Oh my goodness, big time. Was he speaking to you too on this? I'll tell you what, let's continue the conversation in the comments. So if you're not already on the BlaineCouragesYou.com site, please head on over, find the comments section, and I'll drop me a line and we will continue talking about stewardship. With the help of the Lord, we're going to be sure that we're the type of stewards where the Lord is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. So BCU family, it's about time for me to go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you and appreciate you for that and will continue to keep you in prayer. Please check us out on The Daily on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we're also now on YouTube. You can also check out the podcast on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and on iTunes. So that's going to do it for this week. Until we're together, Lord will again, may God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace as you stay on the wall.